Hey, welcome to Three Ply Court. I'm Dani. I'm Jenny. And thanks for joining us today. Um, before we do anything, we're going to go ahead and go into our prayer. Okay, you guys can go ahead and bow your eyes. Bow your eyes. <laughs> Close your eyes and bow your head. Um, God, I thank you for this opportunity we have to study your word, God. I thank you for um, even this quarantine, and I pray that it serves as a blessing for our spiritual health, God. I pray that um, you open up our minds and our spirits and we're able to receive whatever message you have for us in this next chapter of James, Lord. I pray that you give us all um, focus and the desire to learn from you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So as usual, before we even start, we just go ahead. We always talk about the materials that we use. Um, so just in case you guys at home want to go out and search for it, you guys can. So what we use is the New King James Version Study Bible, as well as the Compact Bible Commentary by Earl Radmacher, Ron Allen, and H.W. House. Um, and as we use our own personal notebooks and pens and pencils we find around the house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do an overview. We are still in the book of James, but we're going to do an overview of chapters one through three and then go ahead and go into chapter four. So for chapter one, the overview for that is the characteristics the followers of Christ should have to be true Christians. And chapter two is about not showing favoritism and faith without works is dead. Chapter three is about the need for wise teachers, controlling your tongue and having wisdom from above. Now let's go ahead and read chapter 4. Okay, chapter 4, verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. That was verses one through three. I highlighted or like I underlined verses the verse three because I thought it was so interesting. It says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the fact that it's saying, you know, God hears what you're asking for, but you're asking for the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something that is it, just funny to me because it's like a lot of us pray for for anything and everything, but it's stuff that we desire and it's not stuff that's actually going to help us out in our lives and a lot of the time we're praying for something that genuinely won't help us out Mm. and i just i don't know it really caught my attention Uh but for verses one through three i decided that fights wars lust murder and covet which means wanting what's not yours all come from selfish and prideful desires and even with it all we still don't get what we want which i find so interesting because we always like if you think if you think about it it's crazy because it's there's fighting there's wars there's murder all this for certain desires that we want and yet when all of it's said and done at the end of it what you were fighting for isn't even there you know what i mean like you don't get it it's not something that will stay and i think that's so interesting um and again touching back with the whole this is uh, what I had said in the beginning about um, verses three, how it's so interesting, you know, what that summary that I gave is also just kind of the summary that goes with that verse. Okay. So go ahead and read in verse four through six. Okay. Verse four, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? 
Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy? But he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Okay, so adulterers and adulteresses, they're cheaters. So we cheat on God with the world. By choosing the world, we choose to be God's enemy, which is a crazy thought in its own. But with God's grace, he overlooks our indiscretions. That's crazy because it's like you sit there and whether you're talking to a significant other or a friend or whatever, you know, I, I, I've had conversations with my friend. And it's like, oh, yeah, if like the guy I'm with cheats on me, it's over. I'm done with it. I don't want to talk to them again, whatever. But that... God doesn't see it that way. You know what I mean? We do it over and over and over again. And he's still like, but I still forgive you. Mm-hmm. And I still love you. And you are still forgiven. Yeah. Um, but to remain, he overlooks it with his grace. But to remain in sinful pride and to remain in that sin, knowing that you've committed it, that's when his grace will overlook you. Um, I wanted to touch on verse four real quick. when it says, like, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Um, it's crazy because that verse didn't say membership in the world. It didn't say like being rooted in the world. It's the simple fact that you try to remain like buddy, buddy with the world Mm -hmm. is that makes you an enemy of God. You don't have to be necessarily rooted in worldly ways, but it's trying to, I want to say even trying to like water down the gospel to make other people feel okay Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. Christianity and Christian views are now, um, definitely looked at with more like more of a negative connotation. Um, so even in that like smallest thing that we we try to do to like keep peace with everybody, that trying to keep peace with our doctrine and something that is like explicitly against us, that creates an like that creates an enemy of yourself with God. Um, and I feel like sometimes we don't think of it as being that intense. But it is, and it tells us that in Scripture right here. And we can't allow ourselves in looking for peace with the world. We can't allow that search to um, ultimately like destroy our peace with our eternal life. Like that's. And I love how you said like watering it down because it's like we are so Christians nowadays are so like trying to. I guess like how you said, like water it down to the fact that they're watering it down and completely forgetting what it really is. You know what I mean? That they're now believing the things that they're saying because they're trying to appease everyone. Mm -hmm. But again, like it's because they're watering it down. It's not going with what the Bible says. You know what I mean? And it's like we are forgetting what God is really saying to us. You know what I mean? And it's just it's crazy Mm -hmm. to, to think that we are that we're doing that we're really believing the like the things that we're saying mm-hmm. um and even just thinking about that it makes me think of um that that picture that um mom showed us and it was a uh, a picture of real christianity and it was a like a ferocious lion you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then right beside it it says nowadays christianity and it's the picture of a courage of the what is it the lion the courage lion from wizard of oz yeah um and it's like to me like that it it shows cowardly. the watery yeah cowardly the cowardly lion oh that's what it is cowardly yeah. lion um but i feel like that shows 
right there the watering down of the of the word that we decide to do because we want to appease everyone in this in this world yeah when ultimately like we're not just called to be different but we're called to be the change in the world we're called to like bring those to christ from the world so striving for the friendship with the world it goes against our entire purpose of like why are we even here yeah and the bible says you know you're you're either hot or cold you're not in the middle like we're not meant to be, you know, like wishy-washy. Like, no, yeah. you're either on one side of the fence or you're on the other. You're not sitting on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Oof. Mm-hmm. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. It's funny because we I did this study of this chapter right after um, our Bible study group with, um, with the girls. Mm-hmm. And we had sat there with one of the girls in our group, and we had just talked about temptation and, like, what to do, you know, how to flee from it, especially in a time now where you're dealing with, personal temptation and things of that nature with this quarantine Mm -hmm. and um literally like right after that i see this verse and it's it it just hit me because it's like i feel like god is always um confirming the things that we're saying in our in our uh bible group oh yeah and i love it because it says resist the devil and he will flee from you he's fleeing like you like when you hear the word flee it's not something like oh goodbye you know and then you like like glide away like no it's as if joseph was running away from um potiphar's wife wife. like you know you run and you leave that cloth behind and you just jet it's the same way that we need to do for our temptation Mm -hmm. but we need to flee temptation and run to god leave the world and go to him and he will come to you we have to learn to let go of this world because it's no longer temporary and it's never been temporary uh or um permanent i should say okay that's it okay verse 11 um do not speak evil of one another brethren he who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law but if you judge the law you are not a doer of the law but a judge there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy who are we i'm sorry who are you to judge another I love that. I love that question. Like, who are you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that who are we to judge and speak ill of someone? We are not the judge. Hence, we are not made to judge others. And the thing is, is that we don't like it when others judge us, when they put their judgments on us. So why should we put anyone else in a situation where we ourselves don't like to do mm-hmm. or like to be in? Now, I want to like have some clarification on what um, being a judge of someone is. So it says, do not speak evil of one another. Speaking evil and um, correcting someone are very different. So when it says, like, who are you to judge one another? It's saying, like, who are you to, like, maliciously speak on behalf of another person and, like, maliciously, like, point out the things that they're doing not to correct them, not because you genuinely want to see the better for them, but just because you want to kind of just lay them out. And um, as Christians, like... To be a good brother or sister in Christ, like we need to keep each other accountable and we need to um, be that support system. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes supporting someone in their like um, journey with God is helping them realize, hey, this is um, 
where you're weak, but together we'll work on helping you get stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just it. Try not to, if someone corrects you on something, um, don't automatically be like, well, who are you to judge me? Like you're speaking evil of me, whatever. Um, But really understand like, where's this judgment coming from? And is the action that you're doing that's causing this um, correction, this comment, is that actually something that's edifying your your spirit and like Mm -hmm. or is this actually damaging your relationship with god and whether or not we want to hear that correction um to grow we should be open Mm -hmm. to that and i think it's very important to to understand like your motive like is it out of love you know what i mean i feel like if it's anything out of love then you know you need to check yourself kind of thing um but no i i like the the clarification that, that you put in uh verses 13 through 17 okay Verse 13, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good... And does not do it to him, it is sin. Who would have thought that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how many times, like, do we do that? Mm-hmm. That we make that... I can, There's, like, not even words that I can say about that. You know, it's just, like, who would have thought? Yeah. Um, but what I have for 13 through 17 is that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Stop assuming that we are. Assuming we are is boasting because we don't show that it is God's will for us to live. And boasting is a sin. Mm -hmm. I think um, an add-on to that is that, again, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. So don't push things off to tomorrow. We are in a world where things are falling apart. And pushing things off to, oh, no, I'll have time tomorrow. I'll have time tomorrow. I'll do it next week or whatever. It's so important at the fact that we don't do that because we're not guaranteed. You know what I mean? And we need to, we tend to push our relationship with God till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and we all have this arrogance of I'm going to wake up. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very important to understand that God's looking for the people to do it now. He's not asking for us to do it tomorrow. He's asking for us to do our part now. And I think that's very, very important to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at verse 17, and it says, you know, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now, that didn't say to him who knows to do good and does evil, that's sin. It's just for the fact that you know what's right and you don't do that, that in itself is a sin. Mm-hmm. And um, as Christians, again, that's something we um, we seem to forget or we just don't really pay too much mind to it. Like, we know what we need to stand for and we don't stand for that or we know what we need to do as a Christian and we don't do it, it doesn't mean that you go out here and you're, like, living in the world, but, like, you're really not doing what you need to do. You know what I mean? Am I being clear? I yeah, so. I, when you say that, I think of um, bullying. Yeah, You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's like you see someone getting bullied. You're not the one bullying them, but you're also not the one speaking up. Mm-hmm. And so you're not technically a bully, but you're also a part of the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? We need to speak up mm-hmm. in the situations like that. In the same way, we need to do good in our, in our daily lives. Yeah. 
Um, so for the whole chapter, I basically have that evil things come from our desires from the things in this world. And that when we pray for those desires, we will not receive them. God knows what is good for us and what we need and will give it to us when it is his will. However, God doesn't owe us anything, meaning he doesn't have to answer our prayers or even guarantee us another day of life, especially when we cheat on him with this world. But because of his grace, we receive what God gives us. We are told not to judge because it is not our job. We are not called to judge others. We need to resist the enemy and run to God, especially when we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Overall, I feel like this chapter is kind of like a call to action to like um, check, check what your desires are in your prayer life. Like check what your motives are and humble yourself um, in coming to God. Um, and as well, like just do what you know is right, mm-hmm. ultimately. Spiritually, anyway. Um, But pretty much that's the whole chapter of chapter 4 of James. Um, Next week, we will be posting chapter 5. And finishing our first ever um, Bible study in this uh, podcast. This is the first? I thought we did Philippians on here. No, that was for our Bible group. This is our very first... um, Oh, wow. Our very first Bible study. That's exciting. I know. (laughs) That's crazy. It's so, so exciting. Um... So, yeah, guys, just tune in next week, and hopefully, you know, you guys come ready to learn and receive God. Yeah, so let's go ahead and um, just lead out in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer. We want to thank you for everything that you've done for us. We want to thank you for letting us come together and be able to, um, to, to learn your word and to learn who you are, especially in this time. We ask that we're able to to resist the enemy and to be able to run towards you we ask that in anything that we do lord that that your will is done in our lives lord we ask that we take everything that we've learned today lord and that we we apply it to to our daily lives lord in the name of jesus christ amen amen bye you guys